Welcome to the Careers in Action podcast brought to you by the DeMore McKim Graduate Career Center at Northeastern University. We simplify the details behind successful careers one interview at a time. Whether you're a student exploring your future or just curious about the world of work, discover the real stories, insights, and daily adventures of professionals from diverse industries. And action! Hello and welcome to episode one of the Careers in Action podcast brought to you by DeMore McKim Graduate Career Center. I'm your host, Sarah Kupek, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Bella Field, Global Talent Acquisition Business Partner at Acquia. Thank you so much for being here, Bella. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm really excited to work on this with you. Awesome. Well, again, you are my first guest and we were just off the air and we were joking that we we love this when we're being recorded and we're not. We're both very into the career journey and, and helping students and alumni and whoever it might be. So again, super thrilled to have you as my first guest, but was just hoping you could give me a little bit background on you and, and who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. I can start off in my academic career. So I graduated from Boston College with a major in psychology. I originally wanted to go the pre-med route and had a plan to become a neurosurgeon. And then I got a little bit into the nitty gritty of the coursework. And I thought about how I really enjoyed connecting with people. And I wanted really a people-centric role where there was a lot of more interpersonal work. So Through that, I was able to connect with my school's career center, actually, and they helped me see that there were many opportunities to market my psychology major in the business world. Through that conversation, I actually ended up joining the career center as a peer career coach and worked there for several years throughout school, which was a really amazing experience just to get a lens for myself and for other students, how to prepare for interviews, how to map your career and really kind of take every experience as a way to learn about, you know, where you can go, what you like and and what you don't like. Since graduating, I then joined Oracle as a business development consultant, and I got a lot of exposure around cloud technology, business processes, what it would take to optimize them, and learning a lot about different departments and different spaces that I hadn't learned in my academic career. And then I did join an account executive team for a little while before I was referred over to Acquia. And I had for a long time had aspirations around talent acquisition. I just really enjoyed my work at the career center and thought about how I could do that in a corporate environment. So when the opportunity came about to, you know, lead campus engagement and join the talent acquisition team here at Acquia, I really jumped at the opportunity. And I've been with the company for now coming up on two years. Wow, fantastic. And a little fun fact, I used to work at Acquia and I we talk about leveraging your network and I was able to meet Bella and, you know, we say once an Acquia and always an Acquia. And so it, it's fun to to understand, even though I no longer work at Acquia, you can leverage your network. But I actually worked as a customer success manager prior to this role. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to bring those transferable skills to Demore McKim and work with our graduate business students. But, you know, I think it's, it's important for students to kind of know what's out there and, you know, what companies and organizations look like. So I'd love to hear from you. What excites you about Acquia's culture and core values? Yeah, I'm happy to touch on that. And I know that you have your own perspective as well, Sarah, with the the cool side of the relationship that you've also been an Aquian before and once an Aquian, always an Aquian. And to me, what I get really excited about with Aquia's culture is a few different components. You know, we have five pieces of our core DNA that I think really kind of exemplify Aquia. And 
other organizations might term these core values. One quick plug, when you're researching a company and you're looking to find, do I want to apply to this company? Do I want to work here? Looking at the organization's core values can really help you understand if you align with their core values and if they align with yours as well. So I'll definitely mention looking into those, but one of our core values is jump in and own it. And with Acquia, I think that is something that comes up daily. You know, everybody is so willing to jump in and help someone with whatever question they have, any knowledge sharing that's needed. And if you have an idea for a project or an initiative or something that you think might improve the way that your team operates or the way the business operates, you're really encouraged to jump in and own it. So with that, that's one of the things that defines Aquia's culture for me, because I think when you have leadership who listens and an ownership, jump in and own it mentality, the sky's really the limit in terms of how you can develop your career. I remember in my role, I was about, you know, I would say six months in and I asked my team, you know, if there's ever an opportunity to deliver presentations internally, I'd really love to hone my public speaking skills. And I'm also really passionate about learning and development. So if there's any way to get involved in those initiatives, please do let me know. And even though there weren't opportunities to do that right at that moment, over the next six months, I was able to partake in those. I was able to deliver a company-wide presentation. I got to build and design and roll out with my team to e-learning courses. And those are both technically outside of the scope of my role, but my leadership really cared and wanted me to have those opportunities to develop myself and kind of advocate for my own interests. And since I'm a talent acquisition business partner and I get to work with leaders across so many different departments here at Acquia, I could say that it's much the same in other teams too. And that's what makes me you know, really excited to speak with candidates about the culture here at Acquia because it is something that I've seen from the lens of different leadership levels. And I think that there is such an advocacy for driving your own development and helping people align with opportunities that will help them further develop. That's awesome. And I do agree with you that the the core values at Acquia were, were a really big part of that. And I think that, you know, whether it was committed to off, awesome or do the right thing or jumping in to own it, um, you know, talking about giving back more, dare to be different. These are all ways that you can really look at an organization or company and know, you know, is this the right fit for me? And I think a big part of understanding it, of, you know, is a company the right fit for me is learning and development. So I'd love to hear from you on what that looks like at Acquia. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely touch on that. And I'm hugely passionate about learning and development, both for, you know, myself, I'm always looking to learn. And also for, I think, just the the programs that are out there and the ways that people can enroll in different things. So with Acquia, we have a really robust set of learning and development opportunities. And that can really range from professional development workshops and programs to Acquia Immersion, which gives you a lens from leadership across the business on, you know, the why behind Acquia's existence and what we're really looking to achieve moving forward. We also have what's called Acquia Academy. It's kind of like a repository or an online library for all of our different courses. And you can learn about products or do deeper dives, gain certifications. You can also learn about different kind of mindsets and approaches there. So really kind of anything you might want might be an Acquia Academy. And other organizations probably have something similar around a resource library for learning. And then 
other things I would say just to kind of click into the workshops. So we've done the disc workshop and it's basically understanding your work style and how that relates to those on your team. And it really helps me to understand, you know, how I can work well with someone when maybe I'm coming from a different perspective than they are. For example, I'm somebody who's very action oriented and kind of like the woo personality, always <laughs> trying to, you know, raise excitement everywhere and very action oriented. But then sometimes that can lead me to take action too quickly. And that's also a thing. So I think that understanding when my core stakeholders are very detail oriented and take kind of a more methodical and thoughtful kind of planned out approach to things that can help me pivot how I present information to them and how I work with them. So different workshops like that, if you can take advantage of understanding your work style and your communication style and how that relates to others, that's really key, I think, to really getting the most out of the learning and development experience in any organization. I would also just touch on onboarding briefly, because I know that's something a lot of candidates ask me about is what does the onboarding process look like? So realistically, Aquia's onboarding is very customized to the individual. We recognize that everyone is coming in with a different level of knowledge and exposure and experience. And we also don't want to be too repetitive about, you know, what people have already learned. So it's very customized and it tends to build a really close relationship with managers and mentors, because you're really just doing a lot of knowledge sharing between your team with your manager, seeing how you're tracking, getting lots of feedback, gaining perspectives on what works well, other approaches you may have not tried yet. And I think that learning and development is woven into the fabric of every time you ask someone a question, anytime you ask someone a question and get an answer from that, or you answer someone's question, that is continuous learning and development. Any challenge that comes up, there's an opportunity to learn in there. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that, you know, for our students listening, you know, really take advantage of that in group projects and in your classes and in your clubs. And um, just to pitch for us, we do have, you know, career, career workshops. So look out on GTS for ways that you can leverage that. But I think that, you know, you really, you, you talked about, I really love that perspective that you said either, you know, answering or asking questions, you're, conti- you're learning. So I think that that's a really fun way to look at it. And um, obviously going through Aquia's onboarding, it was fantastic. And I think that, you know, it's, that's a great, you know, a thing to have. And I think Aquia Academy was, was awesome as well. But I think that, you know, doing your homework, which kind of leads to my next question, which is interview prep, you talked a little bit about this, but, you know, if I, if I were somebody, you know, that listens to this podcast and say, yeah, there's an open role at Aquia and I, I want to apply, would love to hear kind of, you know, Aquia specifically, but then, you know, from your perspective, just interview prep in general, what that looks like and and what you, you know, from your perspective recommend. Yes, yes, definitely. And I think this is an important piece too, because it could sometimes be a little bit of a mystery around what the hiring team is looking for. And you can try to do the best research to your ability. But ultimately, I think that there's a few best practices that apply to any role, regardless of what kind of role you're going for, what kind of career path you want, what you've studied and, you know, what the company is. So something I learned in my time at the Boston College Career Center was the concept of why me for this role at this company. I tell every single one of the candidates that I work with to think about this in their next interview. So the why me aspect of that 
is being able to articulate, you know, what are your top three strengths and why? How do they relate to this particular role? You know, why are you specifically, you know, uniquely qualified to make an impact in this kind of position? And also crafting out a little bit of examples, I would say can be helpful because sometimes it can be hard. I totally have been there where someone asks you a question in an interview and you're put kind of on the spot and you just can't think of an example. You have the experience, you've done it, you know that this is something you're comfortable with, but you just can't think of an example top of mind. So I would say if you can take the job description and look at, you know, maybe even just think of in what experience did I do something like this? Or like with attention to detail, talk about a time that you were really organized and how that made you successful in a project. What would have happened if you weren't so organized? So that's the why me piece. And then for this role at Acquia, really gets into the specifics of the position. So for this role really means kind of, you know, why if you wanted to join Acquia and that was the only company you wanted to join, why would you want to be, for example, a customer success manager rather than a sales operations analyst, for example? So being able to articulate, you know, your kind of long-term career goals, and that can be just in the next two years, what long-term looks like for you. But thinking about, you know, how this role is something you're excited about for your overarching journey, something that you are really looking forward to from a day-to-day responsibilities perspective, that you understand the day-to-day responsibilities. And then a quick little anecdote on understanding a role. If you haven't been in a specific role before, say you have never been you know, an account executive before or a business development representative, I highly recommend reaching out to somebody who's in that role And just asking them about their day to day, because what that will give you when you go into an interview is the ability to answer the question, you know, what do you understand about this position? That's always really compelling when somebody comes in showing that they already know exactly what the role is. They're not kind of thinking it's something that it's not. And they already did their research around that. And then the why Acquia, that kind of gets at, you know, if you know that you want to be, you know, a marketing operations analyst, for example, why do you want to be a marketing operations analyst at Acquia as opposed to any other company? And even if it's something where you want to break into tech and tech is where you want to be, I'd still find something specific about the unique solutions that company offers. So why do you want to be in the digital experience platform space? Why do you think it's cool what the company does? Have you read a case study and you recognize the brand and thought that was awesome? So I think that company research can touch on a lot of the pieces that I mentioned already, like learning and development programs and core values. And then also just understanding, you know, who the company is and and what they do and why they do it, I think can really give you a pretty robust prep for an interview, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's a really great perspective. And I I have to agree with you. I think being able to answer the why, um, and I think that just is helpful for for students, right? It's it's going through the job description, it's going through their resume and cover letter. And then you're saying like, I'm coming up with these these examples. I know I have them. Um, And another plug for our students, when you when you look at this, like use that star method, go to our career management toolkit, there's examples on on how you can kind of give these examples that Bella was talking about. So I think that that's that's a really great, great advice from you. Um, Um, And then just kind of looking for a little bit more kind of insight into, you know, insight from a hiring team recruiter lens, if there's, you know, anything else you'd love to share with our students. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And to kind of expand on that from an insight from the hiring team or recruitment perspective, I will also validate the STAR method. I think that <laughs> it's situation, task, action, result, right? <laughs> it is. And you heard it here first. We have validation. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So the reason why I think that's such a good method, and I can say from hearing hiring managers feedback and all different interviews, I've probably interviewed, I think, over a thousand individuals at this point, actually, in my career. And when I hear about somebody who didn't give as much detail or didn't give an example or didn't give a complete answer, that would be addressed if you just think about it in the STAR method. Just thinking about almost like the result first and then what action did you take? What was the situation at hand or the task that was outlined? So I would definitely think about that. And I would also say that, you know, like I mentioned with the why me for this role at this company, the way that you demonstrate enthusiasm and what we call internally as like engagement with this role can make a really big difference in your candidacy and the hiring team's decision. I could tell you candidly that I've had situations before where we had two very qualified candidates for a position. And there was one candidate that set themselves apart because they showed they really wanted it. And they showed that they were excited about it and they were enthusiastic. And there's a few ways that you can do that. So demonstrating enthusiasm means you did the research. You don't just know what the company's name is, but you know, you know, a bit more about what they do. Some individuals will go the extra mile and read like up-to-date news on the company or look into a case study or see on LinkedIn, you know, what's going on on our life page to see a bit about our culture. But I do think that that's one thing that you could do to set yourself apart is if you know that maybe there are other individuals that have, you know, a similar skill set to you and you want to set yourself apart, think about how you write your cover letter. Think about how you pitch your experience and your follow-up skills. I think another thing to keep in mind is that your communication skills are kind of like the underlying key component to selling why you're the best aligned candidate to add value to the team. And that can be even just in your email back and forths with the interviewer or the recruiter. It's, it comes down to really being able to present your best professional self while also being authentic to yourself. I think you can use your individual voice. But I would say that component... Um, being concise, the STAR method helps with that too, so that you don't go off on too much of a tangent. Because I always operate on the if you feel like you've been talking for a long time, then you probably have been kind of like how I am now. <laughs> but um, one last thing that I'll say actually, two last things. I'm sorry. So, no, one, going. <laughs> one really important thing is I think being able to be really upfront and honest about your technical skills and where your growth opportunities are. Same with knowledge around anything specific you might need for the position, because the last thing you want is to say, you know, I'm an advanced user of Excel. And then you get to a point where you have to do an exercise in the interview process, or maybe in the first couple of weeks of your role. And it's not something that you have practiced and, and done before. So I definitely think that if you can just Think about, you know, the level and where you're at. Maybe you see a role where you really want that role, but you're, you know, intermediate level user of Excel. You could share with the hiring team, like, I know that my skill set is here, but I've actually taken the initiative to start studying 
some of the more advanced concepts here so that I can bridge that gap in the interim if I were to, you know, join this team. That kind of honesty and transparency, I think, is always good. Same around compensation. Last point there, I would just say you should always treat an interview process as kind of like a qualification process for yourself as well. So make sure you're bringing thoughtful questions to the interview team. If you end an interview and you've heard everything that you want to know, like think of something else. I, I promise you there's something that the interviewer can tell you about the position that you won't be able to find online. So having lots of questions does add to that demonstration of enthusiasm, but it also helps you pre-qualify the opportunity too, because there might be a role where everybody absolutely loves you for that role, but maybe you do a little bit of deeper digging and you decide maybe this isn't the right position for me at this time based on my career goals or you know what the structure of the team is, what the day-to-day looks like. And that's okay too, to be transparent regularly and consistently with your recruiter or talent acquisition business partner say, Hey, you know, after this conversation, I, you know, loved meeting with this interviewer, but I do think that, you know, maybe another role will be better suited. It's always better to advocate for yourself and qualify for yourself and not just think of an interview process as like a Q and a that you have to answer all the questions and then you just sign off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's really true. And I think that kind of lends into my, my final question for you. And, and that's a little bit about building your brand. I mean, you can hear for for all of our listeners, uh, Bella's passion for what she does. And, you know, we're so grateful for for your time and the conversations we've had. I, I always look forward to lunch with you or coffee with you or whatever it might be. But I think that you, you know, when I look at your LinkedIn profile, I, I see your story. I see that, you know, you you wrote a blog about your, your first year at Acquia. You attend personal branding sessions. You are committed to being a continuous learner with LinkedIn. So I, I'd love to hear kind of how you leverage LinkedIn to kind of show showcase who you are to, you know, really the world. Yeah. And and thank you so much for that, Sarah, too. You are always a joy to work <laughs> with and to connect with. And I always look forward to our conversations and lunches too. And thank you for that. I really have enjoyed LinkedIn as a platform and as a social network. I'm kind of a nerd. So I will self-disclose that I like LinkedIn more than Instagram, Snapchat, <laughs> anything like that, TikTok. I, I just love it. And I think it's really cool to hear about, you know, people celebrating their accomplishments. So I would think about your LinkedIn profile as a way for you to celebrate your accomplishments with a little bit more of an interesting user interface than a resume. So your resume is always going to need to be an important piece of your application process. You want to make sure you have the right, you know, aligned keywords on there and things that you need. But with LinkedIn, I always click into someone's LinkedIn profile just to validate certain things. For example, if I'm not familiar with a company that someone has interned at or worked at, I'll click into LinkedIn because there's a direct link to that company's page. And I can see, okay, they've worked in this kind of space before, and maybe they have this kind of knowledge or this company's headquartered here. So maybe they have a network around this. And so with LinkedIn, I think making sure that you have, you know, as much information as possible on there, because some recruiters will use that even more so than your resume. I think especially if you are putting a lot of information on your LinkedIn, that makes it easier for you to be found by a recruiter that's looking for, you know, someone with your skill set and your interests and your goals. So we used to talk a lot about skills, goals, and interests. And um, 
my very first recruiting role that was actually an internship. And with that, I think putting that into your about summary is key. I think what you're really interested in, what you're aspiring toward, and what your skill set has been in really does give a nutshell representation to a recruiter. Because if I see someone that has an awesome profile for a particular role that I'm looking to hire for, but then maybe they write in their summary, you know, I have this particular goal and it doesn't align with the position that I have, then I'll know ahead of time about that. Same goes if someone mentions they are really interested in that career path. I think especially for a first role out of undergrad or grad school, it's really important to use that about summary to mention what you're interested in and what your goals are. And then the blog that you highlighted. So this is an exercise that my manager actually encouraged me to do because she knows that I do a lot of writing and reflection about, you know, where I've progressed and developed. And I encourage everybody to do this, no matter what the experience you want to summarize. But I essentially looked back at my first year at Acquia and looked through all of the different things that I had done that I had never done before and that I thought were cool and that I was excited about and that I was proud of. And I summarized that into a narrative format and then featured it as an article on my LinkedIn profile. But you can always do that in different ways through storytelling in a cover letter or giving more detail around each experience in your um, in your LinkedIn profile. And then as I kind of look and think through what else I would include Skills are actually underutilized. I noticed that when you have more skills on your profile, that's easier for me to find someone's profile if they have, you know, say client relationship management or communications, social media, things like that. Those are more so my skills, but with other individuals, they may have more hard technical skills that they can cite there. And then another really great resource on LinkedIn is recommendations. So beyond your ability to summarize your, you know, self in a little bio in the about section, having somebody else's perspective that has worked with you on there is also really, I think, good for people to be able to read. So I definitely love giving recommendations on LinkedIn, as well as, you know, getting really nice recommendations as well, I think is, it's always cool to see, but certainly it's a way to showcase, you know, who you've primarily worked with, or maybe, you know, somebody who knows you from a different perspective. I always think that there are some things about ourselves that maybe we don't see as shining awesome talents or traits, but somebody else really sees that in you. And that's an opportunity for that to still be showcased without you having to necessarily toot your own horn, if you will. I think that's a really good point, Bella. And I think there's there's a line from your about section in your LinkedIn that I really wanted to, to kind of end on. And it says, I love helping people, especially when it comes to empowering them in the next step, step of their career journey. Um, and that's really what we're here to do on the Careers in Action podcast. So again, I couldn't think of anybody else to be my first guest. And I so appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Sarah. You have been awesome. And I really look forward to continuing to work with you. And thank you so, so much for having me. I love what you're doing here. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Careers in Action. Be sure to follow the podcast on Spotify and Apple Music. Stay curious, keep learning, and take action towards your dream career. Until next time, cut.